0: And now it's time for the podcast, Sustainable Dad. Hey team, I don't know whether or not to put this in as a season two podcast or a standalone finish to Sustainable Dad. And the reason I say that is obviously in the middle of a COVID crisis and a global pandemic, things shift and take new forms. And also I've just been really convinced that As I work through this podcast, the same things become more and more apparent, you know, have an awareness of the resources you are using, know where they come from and think creatively about how you can reduce, reuse and recycle and that there are big benchmarks for things that right now potentially aren't sustainable, Um, air travel, but we're in a COVID pandemic and No one's on a plane. And so I was kind of processing through a few things. But I do want to say this. uh, These conversations are going to be varied and different and a lot of fun. And today is no exception. We're going to listen to a conversation I had with the founder of Young Henrys, who is leveraging algae in their beer making process. And I think I love it. It's new, it's different, it's insightful. They're just thinking about how to be sustainable as an organisation and I want to share it with you today. Joining us right now is Richard Adamson. He is one of the founders from Young Henry's. Top of the morning to you, mate.
1: G'day, how you doing?
0: Not too bad at all. Uh, now, mate, as a as a founder of Young Henrys, let's go back a little bit and just share a little bit about how the beer company came to be. Uh,
1: well, I've been working in another beer company called Barons um, quite a few years ago, and um, just felt like a bit of a change. Wanted to get back in touch with the people that were drinking the beer, sort of start smaller um, and had our own brewery. That was that brewery was solely a contract brewing facility, um, contract brewing company. And uh, met a few people on the way. Um, Oscar McMahon, who's one of the founders as well. And we started that in 2012. Uh, originally, we were going to be in Surrey Hills as a, a restaurant um, brewery bar. And um, unfortunately, we were chased out of there with pitchforks by the, the locals. Uh, and we ended up um, in Newtown, which was um, probably fortuitous because that's where I spent a of it, my time growing up. Um, seeing a lot of punk bands um, and the emerging sort of indie music scene. And it's where Oscar uh, went to uh, high school as well and was part of the music scene there at the same time.
0: Mate, I reckon I've seen some of the best bands... In the world in Newtown, I'm, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I saw Foo Fighters out that way, Incubus back in the day, local guys like Powderfinger. I mean, you guys kind of sit at the heartbeat of that movement because you do these crossover beers. It's like, the, There's a Foo Fighters beer.
1: That's right. So we, when we first started, we thought doing some collaborations would be a good way of really telling people what we're about. And the first collaborations we did were with a band called Fun and Loader and uh, Peter Fenton from a band called Crow. Uh, and they were, they were like, I was a fan of Fun and Loader and I was a, a friend with Peter, and that was how we kind of kicked it off. And we, we'd always worked with sort of friends that we'd made along the way. You um, and I was the sort of the next big one we did, and then it kind of grew from there.
0: Yeah, I get a sense that um, you're kind of really keen to invest into music and culture as well as making fantastic beer.
1: That's right. Well, we've we've been there. I used to play um, in a rock band in the '90s with a guy called Hugh Wilson, um, who you probably may have even played on your radio station at some stage.
0: Oh, right. Um,
1: and uh, and Oscar was in a band as well, um, a glam rock me- um, band. Sort of a bit later than me, he's a bit bit younger than I am. So we know what it's like to um, play music and try and make a living out of it and how tough it can be. So to be able to support that industry uh, from where we sit as a a brewery was something we wanted to do from the outset.
0: Now, recently you've partnered up with uh, a university and you've added a big old vat of algae into your brewing process. Can you tell us a little bit about the reasons for doing that and the science behind it?
1: Sure. So we were lucky enough to meet uh, Dr. Peter Ralph from the Climate Change Cluster out at UTS uh, at a function. And he suggested we might want to come along and see what they're doing at uh, the Climate Change Cluster at UTS just down the road. So I took some of the brewers down and we had a look at all the cool things they were doing with algae and Peter said would you like to get involved with the program and we had a think about it when it went away and sort of scratched our heads and thought what what could we do here. So having a brewery that's emitting CO2 in the the fermentation process we thought it'd be really interesting to see if we could accelerate the growth of algae using the CO2 that's coming off the fermentation and see what we could get from that. So that's been the, the genesis of the project. Uh, we're a year into it now, and really the next stage is to see what we could we can do with the algae that we can grow uh, from that process. So the proof of concept has been pretty promising. As, as it turns out, growing algae is similar to managing yeast. Um, it's almost like they have an inverse relationship. Uh, algae takes in CO2, produces sugar in the form of, form of what, how it grows, and emits oxygen. Uh, yeast does the opposite. It takes in oxygen and converts sugar into alcohol and CO2. So you can see that having those sort of co-located is a good way of offsetting what you're doing.
0: Can you then pull the sugar back out the algae and pump it into the yeast again? Well, it's more
1: to do more. To do, but can we find a, a good use for that algae that can either be complementary to the brewing process or just produce another product. So it could be as simple as that algae treating the wastewater coming out of the brewery or it could be as complex and as high value as something to do with pharmaceuticals. So we know that um, having an algae substrate to produce pharmaceuticals is something that uh, UTS has been working on as well or it could be something in between. Uh, it just depends on whether we can find an algae strain that's going to be Highly CO two tolerant, which is what we're after. Something that will thrive in that CO two environment, and then something that's going to be useful.
0: Okay, so I, I'm thinking about you. You say that the uh, the UTS Climate Change Cluster there invited you in, but as an organisation, was you know um, climate change and what you could do to get involved something that was weighing on your heart before that time?
1: It's something that we've been mindful of from the outset. So. We've, even if it was just as simple as having uh, a program where people can bring back their, their the containers for the beer. So we've had a growler system running from the outset, which is those two-litre bottles, and that's still in operation, which is very good. So it's, a, it's it was embraced by the local community. The idea that you, you take that bottle away, drink the beer, bring the bottle back, and we will do a swap-and-go system, so we'll clean that bottle and refill it. Now... Every time you reuse glass, the, the carbon footprint is exponentially decreased uh, rather than having to recycle it because a lot of energy goes into recycling glass. Mm. Uh, we've, we've looked at aluminium and most of our product is in aluminium cans. Aluminium t- it takes a lot of energy to get out of the ground, but then uh, the re- like, there's a 70% saving in energy when you go through the recycling process. And it's highly recyclable, so it can, it can perpetually recycle aluminium. Uh, the other thing that we've done is uh, look at our energy use, and we teamed up with a, a group called Pingala, uh, where we have a solar farm on the roof of the brewery, and we use that solar energy, that solar farm's owned by the community, and we, we effectively lease that from them, so people that may not have been able to invest in solar energy uh, because of they live in a flat or, or renting a house um, can could invest in this program, um, get a return on their investment and also uh, for us, reduce uh, the energy that we're pulling from the grid.
0: Extraordinary. Um, also, I just want to say on behalf of every Bondi hipster, thank you so much for the Growler program because it makes them so much cooler at barbecues. <laughs>
1: Great. Uh, and, and you're doing, doing the planet a, a favour as well.
0: <laughs> oh, mate. They absolutely adore that. No, I, I think that that's, um, that's kind of like outside-the-box thinking for creativity is going, okay, well, you know, rather than break these things and then remake them, just bring it back and we'll look after you.
1: It's a system that's been working in, um, you know, in the Europe for a long time. So Germany particularly has um, quite heavy bottles that can be reused. And people like they have to go back to the brewery, so um, it, it's an interesting issue to look at with the container deposit scheme. Uh, that was to get really to get rid of litter, not really looking at so much the the recycling of glass, as we already had a fairly high recycle rate
0: within Australia. It's
1: just whether the glass is really that usable. Um, Reusing the container is probably the better way to go. That would have been a, a much heavier burden on industry, and I, I think they've kind of backed away from it, but that's a, that's a bit of a shame. It would have been good to look at that.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you've already done some extraordinary steps. I feel like the only place left to go for you is like a three-phase filtration solar plough desalination plant that pulls, you know, ocean water in it and converts it to fresh water, and then you use that for beer. I mean, where else is there to go for you guys?
1: I think you've got to look at all the different uh, waste streams you have. So, you know, if you touched on water, that's an important one. Uh, We have put in a a mash press system. It's a slightly different process for the brewing that uses less water. And, in fact, it means that the grain that comes out, uh, the spent grain that comes out is much drier, which has a slightly higher value for feeding cattle. Mm. Uh, and all the all the grain that comes out goes straight out to the farms um, and the time of drought now it's been uh, particularly handy to those farmers, in fact it might have been sometimes the only source of feed that they've been able to get uh, given the pastures are so low, but looking at all those um, those different waste streams is, is really important we can always do better um, I, I think in terms of encouraging other businesses to get involved it, as soon as you look at this you can see all so many different facets where improvement can be made and maybe that you're not doing so well. Just just make a start. Um, I, I, I think people might be hesitant to, be, to, to get involved with this because of the, the overall cost, and it can be a bit overwhelming, and perhaps you might get accused of greenwashing, but just I think just make a go. Small steps. Um, We're certainly not perfect. We've got a long way to go on our journey as well.
0: That's fantastic, man. So you mean that there's a farm out there somewhere with young Henry's flavored cows? Is that's what you're telling me? That's
1: that is true. We've, um, we've been been fed to goats and the cattle at the moment. It's, uh, at the moment, it's beef
0: cattle. <laughs> Delicious. I can't wait to smoke one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate. Uh, listen, I I just want to say thanks for taking the time uh, to talk to us. Uh, do you, do you have any inside? Uh, a uh, word on what the next collaboration of beer is going to be?
1: I believe um, some of the, um, the women brewers of, of our group are looking to do a special beer for International Women's Day, so keep an eye out for that one.
0: Oh, phenomenal. Well, mate, listen, thanks so much for taking time out to talk to me today, Richard. Really appreciate it, bud. My pleasure Anytime. Awesome. All right, that was Richard Adamson. And uh, I think what he's doing with algae is extraordinary. Now, what I've done with this series of podcasts is I've actually dropped them all at once. I think we're all sitting in the middle of a global pandemic and it just feels appropriate to release them all at once. And just remind you every single week, think about your resources, reduce, reuse, recycle and know where your products come from. Can you figure out ways to use reusable packaging? Is is that something that you could do? Just be aware. And I just want to give that reminder as I wrap out this series of podcasts because I think it's the same message every single week. Have an awareness, reduce, reuse, and recycle. That's it for me for Sustainable Dad. We'll see you on the next pod.